But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> Jeb, 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 Jeb. What are they thinking here? So, right. Scott, this is, you know, at first I wasn't going to even put this on the store. I was, wasn't even going to, like, include this in the final list because, but although I'm, you know, I'm always open to bashing Airbus, but uh, uh, <laughs> this is a story. What, what and is they this? always speak so highly of you. It's, yeah, it's I know. Not, it's not really a story. It's, it's just a, um, a product description on the Airbus uh, military site. Yeah, and this, this is this is like this, the same Airbus that makes like you know three twenties and right, right, and so forth. All right. Yeah, this is the this is their military line of business. Okay, and, and so this is just a product page talking about their next generation satellites for military communication. Yes, and they're calling this product what? Skynet. Skynet. What are they? Skynet five, no less. Yeah, which makes you wonder about the first four. Yeah, but. Yeah, but, also also makes me wonder which one debuted in the Terminator all those years ago. What version was that? Oh, that was that, that, was that like, would give us a countdown number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is Skynet Five, and 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 the the thing, the, the product that Airbus is calling Skynet, is almost exactly the thing that went crazy <laughs> and killed everybody <laughs> in the movie. Am I right about this? Well, I think maybe a, it, it's a little less than what went crazy in the movie. This is just communication satellites. Somewhere there has to be a brain that feeds them the information they it, communicate. This just facilitates what the brain wants to do. I see. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're looking at a website. We know, maybe Skynet 1 is the brain on the ground. So we're looking at a website that is uh, space-airbusds.com. And the story is, uh, oh, it doesn't have a, oh, yeah, it does. Next Generation Satellites for Military Communication Services, Airbus Defense and Space is prime contractor for the design and build of the complete Skynet 5 system. Was this published on April 1st? I'm serious. This is, just can't be real. No, no. Again, this is, this, is, this is program description or product description or something like that. This is not an April Fool's thing. This is uh, this actually exists. Do these and, people not here, go to the movies? Well, that's, that's that's where I was getting around to. This is just just highlights the differences between European and, and American culture. No one in the United States would name anything Skynet without it being tongue in cheek, or without it being an April Fool's joke or something like that. In Europe, it, it's it's no deal. They don't they don't understand the concept or they, they don't understand the the, the pop culture uh, uh, definitions that have been attached to the word Skynet. Uh-huh. The Skynet? Well, now, it, it, and this sequential thing, Skynet's not a new name for these guys, okay? Catch the product <laughs> description. Yeah. Each yeah. Skynet 5 spacecraft has a launch mass of around 5 tons compared to 1.6 tons for Skynet 4F, as in Foxtrot, and a payload power of up to 5 kilowatt, up to four times the power of a Skynet 4 machine. So they are definitely growing these things into something bigger and better. Yeah. The question is, when does Arnold come? Yeah, I know. Really? This is just, oh, I don't know. All right. I guess we've taken this as far as we're going to go. But I'm just, this is, it's a little scary, actually. <laughs> a little scary. Well, maybe maybe the least, Terminator didn't translate the same way in yeah, French. Yeah, and and you know why? And the reason it's so the reason it's so uh, kind of you 
take this seriously. I mean, it's important that, that they did this is because people will believe these things. All right. For example, we've got a mainstream media story here about, um, oh, also, by the way, I think in, in, in Great Britain, isn't it? This is this, uh, uh, let's see now, where is it here? Hang on here. It's, uh, oh, it's just a video only, but I believe it's, well, it's CNN. Oh, stop it. Commercial. Um, so they, a story about a, a, a CNN clip about a report, the, the CNN reporter going, oh my goodness, you should see these incredibly scary takeoffs. This is just dangerous and people almost died. All right. And it was, uh, it was a, 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 a regional jet. Oh, he's a Roseanne, Roseanne Adana. Yeah, right. It was I a regional jet. I going to die. Yeah, it was a regional jet taken off, admittedly, in a pretty good, pretty stiff crosswind. So as soon as the wheels left the ground, he got into a pretty good crab. And, uh, but the, they, you know, these things happen and it's perfectly safe. And, but not from listening to this CNN reporter, they, uh, you know, they're, they're going, oh my goodness. And, uh. And and then and then there was they said and there was other ones too just barely made it to the ground you know it's just people landing in a crosswind. It's, nobody ever barely makes it to the ground. Maybe you barely make it off the ground, but nobody barely makes it to the ground. Ground is a foregone conclusion when you take off. Right. Yeah. It's how long you can stretch it is maybe the issue. The, the idea is to do it under control. Yeah. Yep. And walk away with a usable airplane. Yeah. And so, anyways, I don't know. <laughs> I've just, I guess we just haven't done a podcast in long enough. And so I'm, I'm amazed by, 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 you know, simpler things now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, it is what it is. It is um, what it is. It is. There's an episode title right there. It is what it is. Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from uh, Papa Papa in uh, southern New Hampshire, and uh, where spring is, it's definitely spring now. It's so nice now. It's like 70 degrees every day, and the trees are all green, and the grass is all green, and, and I rode my motorcycle for the first time today. That was pretty cool. So... Uh, so that's what's going on with me. I've got uh, three of my really good friends in the in the virtual hangar with me today, and uh, we're going to talk about airplanes for a little while. Uh, first of all, uh, Jeb Burnside's out there talking to us from uh, somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. Hi, Jeb. How are you doing? I'm just living La Vida Loca. That's, is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Tell me, what does La Vida Loca mean? It's summertime in Florida. Uh, no. your, your grass is green. I'm cruising around the top down earlier today, and, and the sun is strong, and it, it feels good, and it's it's you know just living la vida loca. My All work's right. done. My work's done for a few, a few days. I got a staycation coming up. Uh, life's good. Yeah, well, that sounds good. Glad to hear it. And uh, Dave Higdon is here talking to us from uh, the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. Who let him in? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And uh, we finally fixed David's microphone for for quite some time now. Mike, Dave's been working with a, a, a malfunctioning microphone, and uh, when we all got together, well, it was the microphone. I thought it was Dave. Yeah, well, that's, that's the story. We're sticking to it. It's, uh, it's wow, it's, it even surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then also joining us in the hangar this time is, uh, and not, I don't believe in exactly a first timer to, to uncontrolled airspace, but, but hasn't been here uh, in, in, on the regular show, I think. And that's a, a good pal of ours. Uh, ben Sclair is here, the uh, publisher of General Aviation News. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good, good. So you are just, people like to know where we all sit, at least I think they do. So uh, you're up in the Pacific Northwest, right? Washington State? 
I, I am, yeah. I'm up in uh, Western Washington, a little uh, burb called uh, Tacoma, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, y'all ought to come out here because uh, you know we we've got so much space out here that we have big circular airports, so we just always take off into the wind. We don't have to uh, deal uh, I with see. Any, right. like, crowding uh, stuff. Literally an airfield, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So a lot the of people. Way they up- all used to be. That's the way they all used That's to be. That's the way they all used to be. That's exactly right. A lot of people know Ben um, in his role as publisher of uh, General Aviation News. Uh, and uh, you also do uh, the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Pulse of Aviation is the, uh, is the online version. Is that right? Well, that's the, the email edition of our website. Okay. Because everybody in media has to be publishing on a, no less than about 25 different platforms. But of course, and, yeah, that's, that's so, what it's all about. And uh, right, So that's our daily email edition. And then one, one week of the year, or maybe a week and a half of the year, you guys also publish the uh, Sun and Fun Daily, right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. So, still, uh, still recovering from that from this year. So, yeah. But, yeah, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, uh, you, know, you, you come from an aviation family, and, uh, and you do, I believe you do a lot of flying yourself. Uh, what's your background as a pilot? So, uh, so I got my first ride when I was two weeks old, uh, as uh, with my with my dad, and uh, grew up on a residential air park in Spanaway, Washington, called Shady Acres. Uh, started flying ultralights uh, after my dad and I built a Robertson B1RD when I was uh, 13 years old, and uh, started up and down the runway taxiing, and then a foot off the ground, and two feet off the ground, and five feet, and, and finally around the pattern, and. Uh, and sold a J3 on my 16th birthday. Got my private shortly after 17. Oh, wow, uh, cool. University of North Dakota for, I was going to go be an airline pilot and uh, decided very quickly I didn't want to do that. Mm. So okay. came home to, to enjoy the, the power and wealth of being a magazine publisher. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think you're being a little facetious there, but uh, maybe just a tad. Uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a great job as far as I'm concerned, and yeah. uh, the the family business. Uh, did your dad found the uh, the newspaper or? Uh, no, my uh, my mom and dad bought it uh, about two weeks after I was born. We were in Oklahoma City at the time, and and uh, my dad hung up uh, phone with Jack Brown, the the previous owner of the Northwest Flyer. And, Turned and looked at my mom and said, well, we bought the damn thing. Now what do we do? And uh, <laughs> so we put everybody, my sister, me, and my mom and dad in the car and drove up to Washington and started uh, started this part of the journey of, uh, of our life. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, welcome to the to the uh, to our virtual hangar here, and yeah, uh, and we, we're looking. We've been looking forward to. Uh, we we kind of had this conversation when we were down in down at Lakeland, and we said, "Well, yeah, Ben should be on the on the podcast. Yeah. Why hasn't he ever been?" So I think yeah, you yeah. actually may have been on like a daily at at Oshkosh or Sun and Fun or something like that. Or, uh, sounds or, right. Or or maybe stepped in for a few minutes on one of the full blown episodes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. so well, welcome, welcome. You know, I gotta, I gotta ask. Yeah. What when you Ben, when you were um, just starting out your career, trying to figure out, you know, what what you wanted to be when you grew up, you were going to pursue the airline pilot career. What yeah. made you change your mind? Was was there you know, one thing or a series of things? Or yeah, what, no, what actually, you? it was actually pretty pretty simple. Um, so so you know, I grew up on an air park, like I said. Sure. I, you know, we had. We had uh, our cars sat outside. Our airplanes were in the garage, so so to speak. <laughs> yeah, sure. and and uh, you know, so you, you you land and you taxi up to the to the to the hangar and in your front yard and you put your airplane away. Um, so you know, I'd I'd been flying for you know as a passenger multi thousand hours and as a pilot a couple hundred by the time I got to the University of North Dakota. 
And, and um, I was going up against kids, uh, fellow students, that, that, I mean, they barely knew what an airplane was. And they knew, you know, that, that age-old story. I saw an airplane fly over the farm, and I knew that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was already there. I'd already done that. You know, I've been there, done that, got the, got the card, got the T-shirt. And, um, and, and so it wasn't as exciting um, to me. I, you know, I enjoyed learning and getting added additional ratings, but um, I, was, I was in college mode. Man, I was there to have a good time and meet people and, and uh, enjoy life. And, and mm-hmm. I didn't have what it took to go sit out at the airport and wait five hours for a plane to return from across country on a weekend so I could get my cross country in. And I, I, I was sit, literally sitting there at the airport um, thinking, this is what it's going to be like trying to get a, a job in the airline industry. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, that, no, that, that isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I hate uh, to sound like I'm a, I'm a wimp, but no. No, you're a pilot. You're not a wimp. It's, uh, but it's, it's interesting that, well, you know, some people go the airline route. It's a, it's a different kind of flying as far as I yeah. can tell. It's a, yeah. it's a really very different kind of, uh, of uh, experience um, from a pilot perspective. Absolutely. got a lot of friends that are my best man's a FedEx pilot. So, uh, you know, I'm certainly well aware of what, what goes on in the industry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Not for me. For a long time, you guys had that pink airplane. Do you still have it? No, no, we don't. Um, what was that airplane? Sold, that was a uh, 1973 E model um, E55 Baron, mm-hmm. Beechcraft Baron. And, and, and uh, the, the, I think I know, but tell me where the pink color connection comes from. So our, for years and years, our, our classified pages in, in general aviation news were printed on pink newsprint, mm-hmm. and uh, we were known for the pink pages. And uh, so when, when it came time to paint the Baron, I, I said, let's paint that sucker pink, bright pink. And uh, we did. It looked like a Neapolitan ice cream. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, the front, the front uh, third of the airplane was pink, and then it faded. It was a, there was no sharp lines. It was a fade into white. And then it faded into black at the tail, and uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Now, um, the, the and 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 you still have the pink shirts though, right? That's your signature uh, uh, shirt for when you're out out in the field, so to speak. Right? right. Yeah. When we're out at shows, we wear a bright pink shirt. It's uh, um, with our logo on it, of yeah. course. And, yeah. and uh, you know, for at Oshkosh, a lot of people think we're controllers because they've they've been wearing those for a long time as well. I don't know who started first, um, but uh, you know, somebody asked me where to go. I'll happily tell them yeah I, I can imagine that some people might confuse them but i can tell them apart instantly they're they're, they're i think they're a slightly different pink and it's different uh, you know but uh, you know they're very recognizable as far as i'm concerned yeah. now before we move on and one other thing i so so in uh, so jeb you're the safety guy um and we all pay attention yeah. to this stuff they say that they say that an, an an airplane accident is never the result of one particular instance or thing or happening all right it's usually uh, the end of a chain of missteps, I guess. Like, missteps is a bad choice of words, and you'll see why. A chain but, of events. Or yeah, decisions. but it's a yeah. chain of events, all right? And and using that logic, what we can say is that Ben is one of the people who's responsible for the creation of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. Because yeah, 
because uh, Ben is the one who uh, who was crazy enough or smart enough or whatever, leap of faith enough to invite me to write a column for uh, the uh, Oshkosh uh, Fly-In Daily uh, <laughs> back in the days when his organization published it. All right. So so I went to that newspaper to first publish what became the Around the Field column. And, and it was there that I met Dave, and Dave and I became friends, and then Dave eventually introduced me to Jeb, and the three of us became friends and had our various conversations, mm-hmm. which led ultimately to uh, the uh, the mishap that is the Uncontrolled Airspace <laughs> podcast. The odd going trainer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so see, there you go, Ben. You're, you're yeah. okay. It's for all, for your fault. all all for all you listeners, I am so sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> you should be. You'll eventually pay. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. What else is going on here? Let's see now. What's on the list here? Uh, ADSB. Here we go. All right. So, oh, man. Yeah. So let's see now. Let's see if we can figure out what's going on here. Um, a few years back, the feds, FAA, I guess, uh, said that uh, there's a date in the future by which you gotta, you all have to have, or not all, but most everybody has to have um, ADSB gear, ADSB out gear in their airplanes. And then we've been talking about it off and on for a while now, and we've been saying, well, maybe they'll, you know, cut us some slack because it's kind of getting close to the end. And well, they finally, I don't know what is happening. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. I think the, the the buzz is now that the FAA is starting to hint that maybe they'll cut the airlines a break, but UGA guys are still on the hook. Is that that inaccurate? Jeb, Dave, which one you wants to go for? Well, Dan, <laughs> somebody. Listen, listen to the uh, FAA administrator speak at a lunch on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Michael Huerta was here in town. Uh-huh. Uh, that was one of the topics on which he touched during his, uh, his his remarks. And no, no extension. Period. Uh, unequivocal about it. And then later on the same day, this story breaks that. The uh, FAA may be willing to negotiate a deal with the major carriers uh, because of something that is, is actually fairly accurate. There's not a lot of solutions for all those different airliners out there yet. Uh, came across this doing some articles for a, a, one of my client publications about ADSB out for GA, and there was this break. When you got into older GA aircraft that were certificated under Part 25, a lot of their avionics manufacturers hadn't yet developed a way for them to update and still keep the same architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as simple as just replacing a transponder or replacing a GPS on a lot of them. Uh, and the word from the avionics makers was, we're, we're working on it and we expect a solution in the next year. Well, if you take another year out of the time remaining to 2020, uh, that's not a lot of time to uh, make sure that about 8,000 airliners are are uh, converted, particularly if you look at the kind of maintenance cycles that they run. Uh, chances are they're not going to want to touch that except at a C or maybe even a D check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben, we're looking at the uh, the brief report that you guys put in uh, in GA News website uh, uh, back a few days now. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, do you what do you have to add to this? What what are you hearing about this whole thing? Is it is it is there going to be any extension? Are GA pilots going to be cut a break? I I highly doubt it. I, I you know at this point I think it's um, 
think you're starting to see some prices drop. And and I want to thank Jeb. Jeb's the one that pointed this uh, this story out well, to me. It's uh, is Jack who found it. Jack, where did you find this? How did you come across this? All right, hang on. Because David, I think you find. I'm just passing it. I, I, what oh, I man. sent to what I sent to you, Ben. I I got from this <laughs> list. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's all Jack's fault. All right. Well, hang okay. on a second. Then all right. Let, let's do some. Well, then I, then I guess it's my fault because I'm the one that introduced Jack to, or you know. Yeah. Uh, no. See. There you go. Back. So okay. So anyway, no. I, Will the know, circle be unbroken? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's. I think it's the usual. You know, follow the money. Um, oh, thank you. you know, you know the, uh, the the big boys. They have the money, and uh, you know they're going to say, "Look, this isn't going to work." You know, we're not. We're not ready and and your systems aren't ready for what we have mm-hmm. and uh so they'll yeah they'll get their their grace period absolutely they um and uh you know what, what what's going to happen are they going to shut the airlines down that's not going to happen um well but you know, you know for, for the rest of us prices are dropping and yeah. and installs are picking up and frankly i think there's you're going to see i think before 2020 you're going to see a portable solution well yeah i don't disagree with any of that um dave I got to go back. You say that the the equipage requirements on Part Twenty Five aircraft are jet transports are different than for Part Twenty Three. And on one no, level, I didn't, didn't well, say you, that. You, you alluded to that. We can, we can go back and get the transcript. But you basically said that. Um, well, let, let me ask the question this way then: What's different? Why can I not take a TSO solution? Even though it's gonna, it was designed for a Part Twenty Three airplane. Why can I not take a TSO solution and mount it in a Part Twenty Five aircraft? What, what's the rule? Show me the rule. Oh, the, you absolutely can do that. But if you want it to work with your existing transponder or your other existing equipment, like a navigator, you got to have a GPS navigator and by the. T- TSO you're talking about, it's got to be a WAS navigator. Why do I have a to have A lot of wa- the airliners don't have WAS navigators. That's I, really I, where the hang up is coming. I understand all that. But if I can get a compliant solution for two grand, which is a doable prospect these days, that's the retail price, by the way. If I can get a, a workable, compliant solution for two grand that has WAS GPS built into it, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. not, co- not coincidentally works on 978, but that's a whole other topic. Um, why can't uh, an airliner operate, an airline operating, say, an MD-80 or an older 75 or something, or a 73, why can't they do that also? I'm not sure. They may because need to- an STC for that. Oh, I need and an STC in- for my airplane. And then there's got a well. The FAA's made it a little more flexible for GA, at least, to install uh, some of this equipment on a field approval basis, but not like they wanted, not like the community wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I don't know what the uh, the industry seems to want to be able to plug in a TSO'd WAS GPS into systems that have. TSO non-WAS GPS receivers now. Right. And they're talking to the FAA. The FAA's got their mm-hmm. they've yeah, got attention. the FAA's ear. Yeah, two things. Go, go ahead, but go ahead, Jeb. No, no Jack, go ahead. Please. Um two things here. First of all, Ben, were you trying to jump in here at, at one point? Well, 
I just very facetiously say that uh, that if that two thousand dollars solution were a hundred two thousand dollars, I think it would be it would fly. Really? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, because that, that would mean something that it's more tested or it's had more paperwork under it or over it or around it. Um, you know, it, it's a solution that works, but you know, we all know that that the um, airline standards are. Mm-hmm. Now you're much more stringent. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I apparently they're not, Ben, and I don't mean to quibble with you, but no, apparently no. they're not in that what the, what the airlines are asking for is an exemption from standards that apply to everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, but Ben, you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about you follow the money, mm-hmm. and that's that's what's coming down here. Uh, for years, the FAA has been telling us that everybody, quote, everybody, I'm, I'm making finger quotes here for... Um, I can see that on the video. Yeah, yeah you can see that. Um, is going to be ADSB compliant by 2020, or they're not going to be allowed in the airspace. And now there, there's this little backroom deal that's been in the works for, well, since late last year at the earliest, uh, at the latest, I should say. Uh, and now we're just now hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all of a piece. Yeah. Um, one one quick question before we move on here. Um, um, ben mentioned that, uh, and I think he's right, that the portable devices are coming down in price and rising yeah, in absolutely. sophistication. Um, there's another story that didn't make it onto our, our short list, but is a little bit further down. I just sent you a link by way of Skype. Um, and I'm not sure I completely understand the story. So tell me, is this related? Um it's that. Oh, wait a minute! I've lost it here. Um, it is. Uh, it's an FAA. If it's an FAA advisory circular on use of portable electronic devices aboard aircraft. Right. And and my unsophisticated reading of this seems to say that the FAA doesn't want us using a certain type of PED, portable electronic device, in IFR flight. Am I reading this correctly? That's basically how you're reading it. Now you. You're reading it correctly, yeah. In the fine print, and this is also embodied in the pertinent FAR, that's I'm sure referenced in the uh, in the AC. The piloting in, in any event, basically the, the rule says, the piloting command can decide the personal device is acceptable for use under IFR. Yeah, under okay. IF, under IFR means when we're filed and operating on an IFR clearance. So this is going to give the FAA de- deniability here. And, well, uh, no, 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 this isn't really nothing new. This is just the latest version of this okay. particular AC. This AC's been out 10 years easily, uh-huh. and this is just the latest version. I don't know what changes it makes. It may, um, it may have a uh, uh, series of uh, strikeouts or something like that going on in the formatting of the document. Mm-hmm. But this is, this, is, this is fairly old, actually. Uh, I just put it on here to, to to show that it was updated. Yeah, but so this yeah, but the, the, the old version, the one that this cancels out, was uh, put into effect in August of two thousand six. Yeah, so yeah. that old one had been out there for a while. Okay, yeah. and there might have been ones that that was previous to it also. Yeah. yeah. Oh uh-huh. yeah, absolutely, because that one was one B. Yeah. Basically, yeah. what this this gives operators a legal footing. To deny use of personal electronic devices aboard their aircraft that they don't want used aboard their aircraft. Oh, so this is more for okay. your passengers using exactly. portable electronic exactly. devices. All right. Okay. Well, I'm sorry I brought it up. Ben, were you trying to jump in there or are you all set? No, I'm good. Okay. 
All right, then. Um, did you guys watch this Washington, D.C. thing? No, but I've got links to stuff. It's, uh, it, was, it was interesting. It was, it was a deal. Yeah, so uh, this is about last one day last week, I guess it was. Uh, we, we talked about this on the podcast a while back when we first heard about it. Um, this is the uh, celebration or memorial for the ending of the World War II in Europe um, by having a warbird flyover over, right over Washington, D.C., right over the, the, the mall and the Capitol building and, and the White House and the Washington Monument in that area. And, uh, and we thought it was remarkable on a number of different levels, not the least of which was, um, the, 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 now I'm making finger quotes, security issues. Um, but, uh, it happened last week and, uh, it came off without a hitch, uh, as near as I can tell, there actually was one forced landing during the whole thing. Um, but, uh, that was uneventful. Everybody was fine. And, uh, and, uh, you know, about, I believe it was 56 World War II vintage aircraft, uh, flew, uh, in sort of very, very loose trail, um, in flights of two and three and four and six occasionally, um, flew over the Capitol and uh, it was it was covered quite uh, quite uh, extensively on the internet. That's how I watched it. There was a live stream being produced by somebody I don't know, and then it was being echoed by others. And um, they had a, uh, um, a one of the more well known air show announcers was actually doing uh, uh, announcing and, and commentary, um, I believe, over the, the actual public address system there on the mall. Um, and I quickly switched away from that to uh, the <laughs> live audio stream being done by the folks at Warbird Radio. Um, and they did a really excellent job, I thought, of uh, describing the scene. They apparently went there and set up right on site uh, on the edge of the mall. And although they were audio only, they were referring to what we were seeing on the live video. And, uh, and uh, it, it was all in celebration of the 70th anniversary of the end of uh, World War II in Europe. In Europe, that's mm-hmm. right. Now, my only thing is, I expected it to be more. I expected it to be more spectacular. I, I take it none of you guys watched it yet. Is that is that what I'm hearing? I, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I was on a deadline, and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Anytime this kind of thing happens with these great old airplanes flying by is is a cool thing, but you know the the chance to fl- be part of this thing flying over washington dc on the celebration of the 7th and 70th anniversary i just would have thought more airplanes would have been involved and and it was it was not a huge you know i mean you know you know warbird, had, warbird weekend at oshkosh has more airplanes than this they had 56 airplanes yeah right right yeah flying flying over washington dc yeah 56 warbirds yes. flying over washington dc yes and you don't think that is a really big deal? Oh, yeah. See, I'm trying to express it cl- correctly here. I, 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 and I'm and I'm and I'm putting words in your mouth. I, yeah, I, I rock that. But. I, I I don't want to I don't want to completely put it down because that's not the way I feel. But I just thought it would be more spectacular. I thought they'd fly closer together. I thought there would be like you know all of the B-17s, right? How many B-17s are there airworthy now? There's probably a good half dozen well, or more. The, 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 all the, the goal wasn't to put as many airplanes as possible up there. The goal was to put up a cross-section of airplanes that flew in, in World War right. II. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Jeb, and, I heard your joke about the They had a pretty B- good cross-section. <laughs> Jeb, I heard your joke they about the B-29s. the B-29s. They had all the B-29s. Yeah, okay. All right. So, um, but, but, but keep in mind, too, that this is probably, you know, someone on an email list I, I, I subscribed to said something like, you know, next time they do this, they need to do X, Y, or Z. I'm like, dude, this yeah. is the 70th anniversary. Yeah. A, the people uh, who were in the war aren't going to be around much longer. B, these airplanes probably might not be around that much longer. This was probably your one shot at this. Yeah. 
Okay. So, anyways. Um, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Yeah, maybe we'll do it again on the 80th and 90th and 100th anniversaries of VE Day. Uh, I probably won't be around to see a couple of those. But um, I hope they do. But this was this might well have been the time. Yeah, no. I, I was going to say, has anybody heard anything about a commemoration of the 70th anniversary of the war with Japan ending? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great question. And yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. Um by virtue of um, us not having heard anything, I kind of doubt it's on the it's on the agenda. But I don't know. Yeah, but when is that? That's not this August, that's, right? It's yeah, next. it is. No, it's this yeah. August. Yeah. yeah, both of them ended in forty five. Okay. I there's this. Yeah, there's yeah. There's this thing called. Um, um, oh yeah, the internet. The internet. We could look it up. All right, I take your word for it. I take your word for it. Anyways, um, yeah. And there's lots of video. You got to go check out the video and see these airplanes. They're 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 beautiful airplanes, and seeing them fly over the U.S. Capitol was pretty cool. And uh, so uh, I, I don't mean to yeah, dismiss and, and, it by and any the means. Video, and the video you're watching may not be the best. Well, so a lot of the live video was not the best. Um, yeah. I, I know they had they had uh, 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 you know uh, photo shoot planes up there as well, taking mm-hmm. video that I haven't seen. Well, if, that, if that was where I still lived, yeah, doing what I do now. Damn straight, I would have been down on that mall. Oh, you betcha. Yeah, I, I would have. I've been trying to get a ride with somebody. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Mental health day. Got to be a B twenty five needs another spotter. Neville, you have control of the board. Select a category. Disclaimers for one hundred. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are appearing as this. Neville. What is private individuals? Correct. Select again. Disclaimers for 200. Their comments do not necessarily reflect these. Neville. What is the opinions of the organizations they work for? Yes. Select again. Disclaimers for 300. Anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously this. Neville. What is very general? That's it. Disclaimers for 400. You should always remember your training, consider your situation, and fly this. Neville. What is the aircraft? Yes. Select. Disclaimers for 500. But you knew this. Robert. What's a lineys? No, Wendy. What is the punchline? No, Neville. What is that? Correct, but you knew that. Congratulations, Neville. You have swept the category. Hi, this is Jack. We here at Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation by using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as 10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or you can make an automatically repeating per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information about how you can support this podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That will take you to a page with details on both these support methods. Thanks. So AirVenture is on the horizon. We got AirVenture is kind of sneaking up on us. And uh, one interesting story, um, and they're going to be a whole, there have already been a lot of stories, and, and there's going to be more as, as we get closer and closer to the uh, Oshkosh fly-in. But this one caught my attention uh, just the other day. Um, in their continuing efforts to uh, to uh, uh, improve the uh, 
the convention grounds, this year um, the vintage area is getting a bunch of attention, and that's going to be kind of cool. The uh, vintage area is sort of down on the uh, sort of the south corner of the the main exhibits area, and uh, the the vintage red barn is is one of the signature buildings down there. A few years ago, they built a big uh, hangar that they use for um, I believe they use for for uh, type clubs and for uh, other exhibits. And uh, this year, they're going to kind of redo that area a bit and do the redo the landscaping so that it's more focused out uh, towards the uh, runways. And they're going to add a, a little bleacher seat area for uh, airplane uh, presentations and interviews and 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 uh, you know that kind of thing. Um, it looks kind of cool, and uh, it's just you know EAA's ongoing efforts to uh, to improve the grounds and uh, make them better and better. You guys see this? It's it, I, yeah, I think it's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, I, uh, that is good. Yeah. I was looking at this thinking we ought to do our uh, our uh, mm-hmm. preview episode. When we do mm-hmm. our uh, we've been doing our preview episode uh, pr- before the uh, event opens for the last few years and uh, maybe this would be a good location for us to yeah. go down and and do our preview episode on uh, probably on either Friday or Saturday. It hasn't been set yet, but uh, that's uh, so congratulations to EAA for continuing to do all these cool things so that's part of the vintage the vintage aircraft association vaas uh, it'll so change the traffic flow a bit it, it could yeah. well yeah it could yeah. well uh, that's always been a little bit of a i don't want to call it a bottleneck but it gets pretty crowded in that particular area in front of the uh, red barn and if so, you're trying yeah if you're trying to stay on the pavement and whatnot yeah yeah um, so uh, but yeah it's, there's always a crowd through there yep right so the, the 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 funny thing I thought from this story was you know you got this this uh, lineup of all the the bigwigs from EAA You're getting ready to move dirt and uh, the funny thing is is you know uh, several of the people have jackets some people have gloves on and you know we're going to be there in you know fifty six days or whatever it is none of us are going to be wearing long pants and jackets. Right. Uh, yeah, it, I, it, I, I think that's that that's ironic and funny, and uh, you know, I know you guys have been up in Oshkosh when they're when the flying is not going on, and how different yeah it feels it, to it, be there. It feels different, but I've always, whenever I've gone there, when you know, off season, if you will, I've always, and, and this is cliche, but it really feels this way. I've walked around, for example, I go out onto the North 40 campground area when there are no airplanes around there. Mm-hmm. And, and the feeling that comes to my, to, into my mind every single time is the force is strong in this place. All right. <laughs> and, and, and that's a cliche, but, it, but I really do have that feeling. All right. You know, you walk around these grounds and even without the airplanes and without all the activities, I still have this sense of energy that uh, is so, you know, I guess it's because it's so pervasive during the, the 10 days of air venture that it, it just it it uh, echoes throughout the year at least in my sure. mind and uh, sure. um it's uh, very cool but you're right it is funny to see people wearing jackets and uh um, oh, gosh, gosh. you really yeah. want to experience go there in the winter time see the snow right. you know yeah. did you but, see you know, that yeah I, I, I think this is a really good thing you know ea and sun and fun to a lesser degree but ea has gotten so big so corporate and i hate to say that word but you know, having a, a, a nice um, evolving area mm-hmm. for I, the rest of us, I guess, mm-hmm. um, is is a really nice thing to see, and it mm-hmm. and that it's so close to the center of the of the activity is uh, I think is a really good thing, and and good on VAA and EAA for supporting it. Cool, absolutely, I agree. There was a cool video last. Uh, you talk about uh, um, you know Whitman Field during the winter time. There was a video, a fun, you know, kind of a, a joke video that came out back in the wintertime 
about uh, it pretended to be about two guys who wanted to make sure they got a good campground so they actually were were out there you know in the in the winter time and uh, they'd headed off towards the one of the shower buildings and we're, i guess we're a little disappointed to discover that the shower buildings weren't open in february but uh, showed them in their slippers and and uh, and uh, and you know robes trudging through the snow towards one of the uh, shower buildings at at uh, funny at at their venture so <sighs> That'd be cold. Yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah winter. It's I, I I'd been going to Air Venture for I swear ten years before it really kind of sunk in that it wasn't always summer in Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> you know, I just I go wait a minute. That's right. I guess it probably does get to be winter here, and it sure does. <laughs> and it sure does. It sure does. Cool story I came across, uh, Ben, in uh, GA News. Um, story by uh, 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 Ivy McIver. Mm-hmm. Um, who I perhaps should know, but I confess I don't. Um, yeah. And uh, um, Ivy, who I believe is a woman. Let's see here. Yeah, Ivy. And, Last I checked. Uh, yep. And uh, headlined, A Primal Passion. She tells a little interesting first-person story about uh, a, a, a flying adventure she had or a flying encounter um, as she was passing through uh, Chicago, apparently uh, transporting an airplane. And she mm-hmm. stopped at Midway, Midway Field, and and uh, and uh, and she was in a rush. She was kind of apparently returning to the airport after either overnight at a hotel or being in town, and and she was in a bit of a rush. But it turned out that the shuttle driver from the FBO was this charming older pilot who they just got into a conversation, and it just completely slowed her down and mellowed her out. And and uh, it's just a it's a nice little story. I, I kind of liked the story, and. Uh, I urge people to go and take a look at it. It got me to thinking about the whole subject of, uh, of you know, people that we've met at. There's actually two things that I got, came out of this for me. First of all, is the whole question about people that we've met at at airports because we were just passing through. It happens all the time, you know. And uh, um, I'd be interested to hear if you guys have any particular stories about people that you've come across at at random airports. Any, any come to mind, real quickly? How do you mean? I don't know. Just you know, someone who you, you, you met in the FBO. I mean, we we used to talk about the world's the world's ugliest airport dog, you know, and that we came across at that airport in <laughs> what was it, Alabama or uh, where was that airport? You remember what I'm talking about, Jeb? Yeah, that was in Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. Yes. Yeah. If you yeah. live in New England, Alabama and Mississippi are basically the same place. So. Uh, um, but uh, you know things like that. You know, I, I remember we. If you I, live in Alabama or Mississippi, also. Perhaps, <laughs> but okay, all right. That's Burnside. Yeah, not, not, yeah, that's Burnside. B u r n s i e. That's right. Um, so, uh, so, anyways, the other thing I thought was interesting from this story is the lead starts out. Um, um, she she starts writing about uh, uh, why should I learn to fly? All right, she's uh, you know kind of pondering the question of why one even learns how to fly. You know, and and uh, she you know talks a bit about the the practical aspects of it, personal transportation and all. But I wondered. What do you guys tell people when you're, you know, trying to explain to somebody why they should learn how to fly? Is it? I don't know. I'm gonna. Who wants to go first? David, you're gonna go first. Why? Why? Okay. Do, why do when when you're just kind of in some place? I don't know, in a restaurant or talking to a finger quotes civilian, um, and uh, they're they're kind of thinking about it, but they don't know why. Why do you tell them they should learn what learn to fly? It'll set them free. Is what I tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. They'll, they'll never, they'll, they'll never do anything else. Maybe sailing the open ocean gets close, but that's only two dimensions. But in an airplane, you can get up in the morning and decide that you want to be in New Orleans for dinner that night. Uh, if you've got the 
flexibility to pack it in and go, you pack it in and go. Uh, or, you know, it'd be more fun to have breakfast on a lake in Oklahoma than it would be to have it at a diner in Wichita. We could do that. Uh, and it doesn't take a lot of airplane to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the second thing that comes up. Well, isn't it really expensive? And when I tell them that my first airplane cost less than the SUV I was driving to the airport in those days, they all kind of get slack-shawed. But no, 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 can't, can't be. Uh, yeah, you can you can get a really nice starter airplane for eighteen twenty thousand bucks, and it's hard to get much of an SUV these days for eighteen or twenty thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll take you a lot of places the SUV can't touch. Back in your uh, back in your uh, hang gliding and, and ultralight days, did did you ever try and convince civilians that they should learn how to fly? Well, I basically had the same thing to tell them. The, it was liberating mm-hmm. uh, being able to step off a mountainside into an, a, a rising column of air and have the wing take me up with the air sometimes thousands of feet up, sometimes for hours at a time. No gas, no sound, just the air moving over your ears. Uh, sometimes soaring with great birds like uh, uh, turkey vultures or red-tailed hawks or once in a while, maybe even an eagle. Yeah, you don't get that experience anywhere else. Yeah, And there was never a choice for me. Uh, from my eight-year-old experience riding in my uncle's 182, sitting on a stack of real estate books in the right seat, that, that was it. From that point on, it was like, I am going to fly someday. Yeah. Jeb, Ben, what, what, how do you explain ben, it to people? Ben, go ahead. Um, I, you know, it, it, the, there's you know, two questions there. The, you know, the stories of, of things, experiences we've had with people and then learning to fly. For me, learning, the second question first, the, the, you know, the reason to learn to fly is, is you know, the trigger um, is different for everybody. Um, some people it's a bucket list. Some people it's a business goal. Some people it's... Uh, you know, something else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I usually try and tap into what I sense their, their pull might be and mm-hmm. go on to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to sell somebody on the, on the, the magic of flying if, if they're looking at a, you know, five state sales territory and how they can get around more efficiently um, um, and vice versa. So, you know, it, it depends. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty easy conversation to have if, if you're capable of listening to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the struggle for most people because we look at it from pilot perspective. And we're like, why wouldn't you want to learn to fly? Why wouldn't this be the goal of yours? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not so obvious for, for, sadly, for the rest of the, most of the rest of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, you know, the, Ivy's, you know, I think she called him Beaver Bob, the shuttle driver. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that, uh, you know, we've got, we've all got experiences like that. You know, the one for me that, and it's, uh, um, is a kind of an esoteric um, experience. There's a woman uh, that I, I, I haven't seen in a couple of years, but I still know, um, named Mary Sturdivant. She went to the same, still goes to the same church that I no longer go to. And uh, she was a wasp, and 
just an absolutely dynamic, engaging, fun woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and by wasp, you mean one of the uh, World War II uh, women. Right. Yeah. yeah. Auxiliary yeah. is it auxiliary service pilots. Um, Sounds right. I, I, I believe she she um, she got to drag uh, you know the targets that the the the, the men folk were flying and shooting at. Now that's a job I don't think I would want. Yeah. And uh, you know I, the thing that always kind of made it um, made it really in an artsy kind of way or an esoteric kind of way for me was whenever church broke. She was on the altar, altar guild, and so she always would turn up to the altar to start cleaning it after the service mm-hmm. while everybody else was going down the aisle away from the altar. And I'm like, that's a woman that's been going upstream her entire life. <laughs> and, and, I just, and every week we'd see that, and I'm just yeah. like, yep. Yeah, that's but, you know, a great way to look at it. So, yeah. Neat lady. Yeah. Jeb? Cool. Um, I, yeah, I've kind of lost the the flick on what the real question here is. I think one thing I try to tell people um, is the efficiency. Um, if you want to go somewhere, as, as Dave was talking earlier, if you want to go somewhere, um, chances are the easiest and quickest way to get there is to fly yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, it's nothing. The experience is nothing like being on an airliner. The only relationship to being in an airliner is that you're up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, the view out the window is different. The view out the front of the airplane you don't have in an airliner. Yep. Um, the um, the sense of being in this ocean of air and and uh, uh, being part of that as opposed to being stuck on the ground is not something you obtain in the back of, of an airliner. It's not something that... Uh, you think about really when you're back in every airliner because you don't have the view out the windows. You don't have that sense of things moving by, and mm-hmm. and you're not able to really encompass everything that you can see from that altitude. So it's it's kind of it's not even half a loaf. It's uh, it's warm beer. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I like it, Jeb. When you you refer sometimes to airplanes as being, I'm trying to lead you into this as a as some sort of device. A oh yeah yeah yeah. It's it's a weather modification machine. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. You you get in it, you close the door, you manipulate the controls for a couple hours, you open the door, the weather's changed. Yeah, right. I, I'm sure lots of people have lots of different uh, of uh, reactions to this kind of thing, but uh, it's you know, yep. it's it's very cool. It's changed my life for sure, lots of different ways. All right. Well, I it was it was always a skill I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. There was never a time I don't think that it was it was not something I did not it, it was not something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I certainly understand how others have to be cajoled or convinced um, on one level, but on, on, on why would you not want to learn how to fly? Why would you not want to be able to do that? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Moving on. Let, yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody want to add something? I was just going to say, that the, I don't even understand the question. <laughs> That's right. To a certain extent, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 So, Jeb, so are you trying to tell me that a Florida man did something odd? This well, just seems so Yeah, un- we, we've, un- we've been picking around here. And <laughs> I, I, tr- trying, to, trying to figure out some, some things that we could maybe bring to the podcast and 
and this whole Florida man thing is is occurring and and Twitter and, and we're going to keep other, in mind the fact that you are a Florida man. Right? I, we, we're we're so you had to you had to go and, and remind everybody. <laughs> so, but but yeah, see if Higdon would try to do this um, uh, on the podcast, then then it wouldn't really work. Yeah. Uh, being from Kansas, of course. Yep. So it, it would have it has to be me to do this. So anyway, I'm going to try to do this. <laughs> okay. Little, All right. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm going to try to do this thing every episode where there's a story about a Florida man involving <laughs> an airplane. Somewhere okay. in the news that is of humorous of a humorous nature, it can be made into something humorous by us. Okay, what do you got? Uh, well, uh, there, there's two or three things out there. I'm, I, I just sent you all a link. Uh, headline is perfect. Florida man tried to steal 2.5 million dollar airplane. Said he was headed to Chicago. <laughs> and this is this is, this is yeah. From okay. Daily News. I don't know if this is London Daily News or, or what Daily News New is. New York. It. New York Daily News. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Um, so guys, a guy by the name of Juan Pablo Cerrone um, attempted to steal a PC-12, a Pilatus PC-12. Um, what made him o- think he could fly it? Don't, don't go there. Florida man, right? Alcohol, <laughs> alcohol, he was a Florida man. Alcohol may have been involved. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yep. But um, he's tried to steal this from the Ocala, Florida International Airport, which is not really an international airport, but that's a whole other topic. Um, and got caught and, and da 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 da. He said, uh, um, um, it, this, this airport director told the news station, um, he says, I'm a, I'm a licensed pilot. I would have a difficult time trying to start that aircraft, much less fly it, basically, is what he's saying. Mm hmm. I don't know what the guy was thinking. Nobody knows. Florida man. Florida man. Okay. The, the, you know, the interesting. To me, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, I, I Ben. Say, the, the, I, I thought the interesting part was he only did two hundred to three hundred dollars worth of damage. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, yeah. if you're going to bust into a PC twelve, y- yeah. you need to get this guy because yeah. he's going to do as little damage right. as he can possibly do mm-hmm. to your. Two and a half million dollar airplane. Maybe he's trying out for one of those um, airport repo. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not really doing damage to the airplane to retrieve it. Right. Who knows? Uh, the way they described him ransacking the airplane made me wonder if he was looking for the keys. <sighs> Maybe he was ripping it apart. Um, he apparently police say that, that this guy Cerrone, police said Cerrone claimed to own a single engine aircraft. And uh, I would imagine not quite like the PC-12. But I would imagine not quite like the PC-12. Yeah, yeah. It ran amok inside the airplane, pulling down oxygen masks, inflating life vests, and removing the propeller ties and safety block. The, basically, the, uh, um, the what did you secure the airplane with? The propeller ties and uh, wheel chocks and remove before flight banners. But, but, the, but the real tragedy yeah. is... Magazines were also described as found tossed about the cabin. <laughs> come on now, as a magazine guy, come on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, really, well, where's his mess with the oxygen mask? That's fine. Life vest, okay. Leave the but, magazines alone. But see, I, I don't understand that one either because <laughs> magazines are always found tossed around the cabin after one of my landings. <laughs> well, I think that's why they raised the bail. 
uh, the bond required from fifty to fifty-one thousand. The magazine, oh. the other oh, thousand that's, bucks. That's, right. that's got to be it. That's no respect for the law, and is likely right. to. Uh, yeah, right, right. Exactly. All right. Well, anyway, that's 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 this episode's Florida. Florida man. man. All right. Man. Shout outs. What do we got here? Shout outs. We talked a couple episodes ago about someone who was trying to get the. Uh, the uh, I don't know, investigation is not the right word, but uh, to get the NTSB to kind of look more closely oh, yeah. at the Buddy Holly crash, and uh, apparently the FAA has has uh, said no, we don't think. Which, so. which agency, Jack? What did I say? NTSB. What NTSB. Did I, what did I say? NTSB. The second okay. time you said the FAA. Okay. Well, whoever you know, you get the idea. Um, nobody's going to look at it again, and uh, yeah. So, so just to kind of close the. Uh, the loop on this one that uh, they're not going to pick up the, the investigation and go further with it. Any other shout outs? Who's got a shout out? Anybody? Um, Anybody? I'll, I'll, Anybody? I'll, I'll, I'll do this one real quick. Go ahead. Guys, kids, boys and girls of all ages. <laughs> if you don't have your notum yet. It's that time of year, folks. It's that time of year. The Oshkosh notum is available. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, um, get the notum, understand the notum, have the airplane, I mean, have the notum in the airplane. Yep. In the cockpit part of the airplane. Yeah, yep. thank you. Not in the tail, not in the baggage. Yep. All kidding aside, this is a pretty serious thing. And, uh, you know, if you're going to fly into uh, to air venture, um, it can be done by mere mortals, but it requires preparation and, and clear thought. It's, it's, it can easily be done by mere mortals. It does require yeah. some planning. And some understanding. It's it, once you think about the logical steps here, they're all very logical. They're all fairly easy to perform. It's just more than you're accustomed to. And oh, by the way, there are other the airplanes around you know, trying to do the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking a quick peek at it here. Um, the uh, summary of changes for 2015 uh, say there is going to be a MOA active in central Wisconsin. So you want to make sure you're aware of that. Uh, there's going to be TFRs near Milwaukee, uh, during, during some of the days of the event. Um, apparently there's a change to the Fisk VFR arrival description, uh, which is, um, that, that arrival has been around for a long time, but I guess maybe they've tweaked it. Um, comm frequencies are being updated. IFR departure routings apparently have been modified. So, uh, there are things that are different. Even if you looked at it last year, look at it again this year, read the whole thing, take, yep. you know, um, because it, uh, it will make the whole experience both, both more pleasant and more safe for you and for everybody. So please, um, and, uh, Bring it. I was going to make a joke about signing it. I just never get over the fact that people actually want. We made a joke one time about signing people's notums, and every year a couple people bring us a notum and ask us to sign it, and it's very touching. And and but and we'll do it again. And we'll do it again. Right. Um, we'll happily do it again. But it's um, it's just it's a little odd. I mean, it feels odd. It's not odd. It just feels odd. And, uh, it's we're always very humbled and yep. surprised. Yep. Uh, by our listeners, uh, and that's one more manifestation yeah yeah what else um 
I have one quick shout out. I just want to thank, um, and I didn't really write any words to prepare myself for this, and I should have because it's important to me, but um, a couple episodes ago, we announced that we have a new way for people to support the podcast, and that is by making a pledge uh, per episode through the Patreon site. And uh, we've been very, very touched by the number of people who have actually followed through and done this. It's just very, very cool, and we really appreciate it. And uh, it helps us with a, a lot of the expenses of the podcast and, and for us to upgrade the gear, which we haven't done in quite some time and uh and and just to kind of you know take care of hosting and 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 all those kinds of things so uh um we're just a big big thank you to the folks that have already signed up uh to pledge some money uh through the patreon site um you uh you, you probably heard about halfway through this episode um a, a more detailed pitch on on how you actually can do that and what it's all about but uh, thank you to those who have done it already we really really appreciate it it's very very cool any other shout outs anybody Really? I got I got a quick one. Yeah, go. Uh, um, so yeah, I didn't really prepare for this either. But uh, so from you know, the, I guess probably the the granddaddy of aviation podcasts, uncontrolled airspace. Uh, a couple of guys that I've been working with uh, for the last six eight months, something like that. Uh, uh, Alex uh, Udris and and Colin Cutler from Bold Method. Um, they just launched a new podcast called. Uh, Direct to, um, and uh, it, it's quite entertaining. It takes very much uh, from the cue of NPR in the production styling, and uh, well researched, well uh, well produced. And uh, I would I would encourage people to go take a look at that. Yeah. And uh, they've got some their their website boldmethod.com is is highly entertaining and engaging and educational, and uh, and their podcast is very much the same. They've just dropped their second podcast how many of how many of you guys done this is 382 okay so they're almost to you they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're right they're right in your six um but uh you know they, they've got some good stuff so they, i'm sure they will out. be around I, I haven't had a chance to listen yet i only just heard about the podcast i heard about the website a while back but yep. uh, the uh, podcast i only just re- obviously because it's only been out for a couple episodes um but uh, i've got it on my list and i and i hope to listen give it a listen sometime soon so uh yeah good. very cool very cool any other shout-outs? Jeb, Dave, Fork Time? Fork Time. Fork Time. Thank you, guys. It's always a pleasure to get together with you. Uh, ben, uh, welcome, and uh, we're glad you were able to join Thank us. You. And, yeah. uh, you know, hell, let's do it again sometime. Um, ben Sclare is a, a pilot and the publisher of uh, General Aviation News, also of the daily online Pulse of Aviation. And uh, and uh, each summer, the, or each spring, the uh, Sun and Fun uh, Daily Sun and Fun Today. Uh, ben, what have you guys been working on? Anything fun going on over there or, or, or things that you've been working on personally? Oh boy, uh, drumming up sales, you know, in the uh, yep. aviation magazine business, uh, trying to drum up uh, advertising sales and and uh, subscription sales, trying to do a better job uh, today than I did yesterday, and mm-hmm. set myself up for better tomorrow. And some days are better than others. Yeah, that, well, yeah, there you go. It's always a good one foot in front of the other. Just keep putting right. one foot in front right. of the other. There you go. Hate to be cliched, but that's uh, yeah. yeah, just just trying to. Trying to come up with some great content. Where so. can people find um, all of this stuff I've mentioned on the internet? How can they find you guys? Well, we're at uh, generalaviationnews.com. That'll that'll get you pretty much uh, wherever you need to be. Um, we've got a subscribe link there, and and uh, and just lots of great uh, great content on a daily basis. We're updating just about every day. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, I've been lots reading of, the- lots of good. 
I've been reading the uh, the and I call it daily, but it's, I believe it's week daily, right? Is the uh, is the uh, news email? And, yeah, correct. And, Monday and through Friday. Somewhat recently, you've started this picture is what weekly? I think you're doing. What's does that have a name or? Uh, so that's um, God, what am what are you calling it? You're calling right. it now. Yeah, I'm blanking on it too. Thing? Right, but um, it's cool. The the uh, you just got a, a handful of of. Uh, I think it's called the Pulse Hanger Flying. Yeah, there and we go. I take I take some of the comments that are posted to our website and on Saturday morning send out uh, uh, three items that I thought were some pretty interesting comments to kind of keep the conversation going over the weekend. Yeah. So, so very very cool. So uh, yeah. And uh, are you on Twitter or anything like that? Uh, yeah, we are. Um, with a with a feed from our website, and I think that's at uh, at Gen Av News, and then on Facebook, uh, a little harump harump. I think we're one of the biggest uh, aviation sites in the in the Facebook sphere um, at uh, at GA News. I think uh, yeah, it's at uh, facebook.com forward slash GA News. We got about two hundred twenty seven thousand followers or something. Wow, like that. very so. very cool. Yeah. Con- yeah. Congratulations on that, and thanks for Fun joining stuff. us. It's been a pleasure. We're, we'll uh, we're, we'll definitely ought to do it again sometime. I would love to. Jeb Burnside is a uh, freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor in chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Jeb, what have you been up to? Uh, trying to glow. Trying to glow. Uh, What's try, it? Are you uh, are you closer to a next magazine or to the last magazine? No, I'm I'm uh, very much just recently uh, um, put one to bed, uh-huh. so I'm still. Still kind of vibrating to a different, right. uh, different frequency. Yep. Um, that and um, a couple of other uh, big projects um, that were uh, uh, due and finished up recently. Um, so I'm literally taking a staycation next week. Uh, we're not. I'm not doing this with you all again for a while. Yeah. What's well, yeah. Oh well, that's the way you feel about it. Right? Yeah. Where can people uh-huh. find you? Where can people find you on the internet, Jeb? Um. Here, um, oh, yeah, aviationsafetymagazine.com. Uh, you can find me on aea.net. You can find me on the Twitter machine uh, at BurnsideJ. And uh, who knows, coming soon somewhere else, maybe. There you go. And Dave Higdon is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Av Buyer magazine. David, what are you working on? Well, uh, one of my pieces landed on. Uh, the avionics news cover this month, uh, talking about ADSB around the world and how different standards and different deadlines are in effect in different parts of the globe. Other than that, it's pretty much the same old bun, burger, bun. There you go. Where can people <laughs> find you on the internet, David? Oh, avionics, oh, uh, AEA.net for the avionics news link, uh, com. click on the magazine. Uh, I'm on the Twitter at Real Higdon, and other than that, I'm just a wild card Google search away from being a physics professor. <laughs> there we go. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's uh, twitter.com slash Jack Hodgson. Uh, also, learn more than you ever really wanted to know about me at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. I have all kinds of aviation-related uh, publishing projects uh, on in you know, in, in, in the works right now. Uh, none of that I'm going to make an announcement about yet, but if you want to uh, stay in touch with those things, you can go to aroundthefield.net and uh, there's an email uh, uh, sign-up 
uh, subscription thing there that you can uh, you can join and you'll instantly get the latest greatest on on the things that I'm doing when the time comes to make those announcements. So uh, that's uh, that's me. Uh, but a lot of other people involved with this uh, podcast. Big thanks to Jeff Ward for his help with the show notes and in the forums. Thanks to uh, Mike Morgan and Roy Searle and Jim Goldman and to the many, many other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips. We just heard uh, uh, the first of uh, Mike Morgan's uh, <laughs> promos that he does for us every summer at uh, at Oshkosh. And uh, it is it is, uh, it is sublime. It's typically uh, irreverent <laughs> and disrespectful, and, and we love it. So uh, very, very cool what Mike does there. And, and, and all those wanted posters are fake yeah. well, yeah. well the ones with my face on them are but i'm not so sure about those with your face on them that's right don't oh, forget any with my face on them don't ah, forget that's what you think <laughs> don't forget to check out the rest of the ucap website you can chat with us directly and with many of the fellow listeners in the uncontrolled airspace forums and there's much much more there as well so uh, david was there something you were going to tell us best way to live long and happy is to go fly because as you've been learning here time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan bye-bye and that's enough talking let's go flying that's all folks (laughs) 